you know, we uh, we don't really have anything apart from him. We can think that all the stuff that fills our lives is important. And yet in eternity, it won't even be there. <laughs> and we, you know, we can cling on to so many things that, that give us security. But there is no security apart from him. And we can talk about all sorts of things. But there is no message apart from Jesus. He was the one who made it all, fills it all, holds it all together. He's all in all. And it's all for his glory. So Jesus, we glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We thank you, Jesus. You know, we, we can live our lives for so many goals, so many ambitions, so many wants, so many desires. But there's nothing like meeting Jesus. And we can fill our churches with so many things. But there's nothing like meeting Jesus. There really isn't. See, in his presence, we find life, we find joy, we find healing, we find resilience, we find strength. We find confidence. You know, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. In the presence of Jesus, there is no fear. There's just perfect love. And we've been given this incredible privilege To be invited to know him. To know his heartbeat. To know what gets him excited. What, uh, what troubles him. What gives him joy. What gives him pain. We, we get this invitation to know Jesus. We have been invited into the throne room. Jesus didn't just come to save you. He came to save you in order to bring him to himself. Salvation isn't the end goal. Salvation is the beginning of a life with him. And so we get this invitation to to come into his throne room, 
But to come into his throne room, to come into his presence, takes time. And sometimes we find that troubling, that it takes time. Because we, we kind of want to rush in there, straight face to face with Jesus. And yet our hearts aren't in the right place to come before Jesus. So the time is for us to still our hearts and make him everything. You know, when I've been talking, well, these last few weeks, I guess, about prayer and worship, what I'm really talking about is relationship. I'm talking about relationship with Jesus. Because that's what we've been offered. You see, Jesus, when he went alone to pray up a mountain or you know, in a wood or wherever he went to pray. He didn't go just to get things to happen. And often we can approach our prayer or approach our worship as wanting to get things to happen. But when Jesus went to pray, he went to be with his father, to hear what his father had to say. And sometimes, from the little insights we get, we realize that that was actually a battle for him as well. He, he, he didn't always just quite get there because there was an enemy trying to stop him. And the... The thing about real worship and real prayer, the, the worship that God desires and the prayer that God desires is it's a giving of ourself. It's a giving of ourself. You know, we looked at that verse, didn't we, from James, where it says, submit to God. And we don't like that word, submit. So let me put it differently for you. Come under God's arrangement and order of things voluntarily. It's your choice. So come under that order. Make that choice. Resist the enemy and get him to flee. Because he's not going to want you to get to the place where you encounter Jesus. He's going to want you at the place where you are surrounded by fear and surrounded by your own thoughts and your own ideas and, and, and all the stuff that's gone on at work and all the stuff that's gone on at school and all the stuff that's gone on everywhere. Even the, you know, even the guys that didn't turn up to do the job they were supposed to do and people who tried to overcharge and all this stuff. And it, and it, and it all comes because we live in this fallen world. And so we, we have to resist that to get to the place where the enemy flees, where he stops bothering us, where there's a peace. You see, he, he, he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. 
So what's offered there? What, what is it that's offered there? That drawing near, what, what that means is, I am fully present and here. So we say, instead of saying draw near to God, what, what, what that's actually encouraging us to do is to be fully present with God, fully given to God, fully present with him. And here's the, 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 the big thing that comes from that, that he will be fully present with us. He will be fully present with us. And things that we have struggled to see and worked hard to see, suddenly they happen. Suddenly they become reality. But so often we've lived kind of on the other side of that, never getting to the point where we're fully present with God and he's fully present with us. And it, it's that busyness, isn't it? It's, it's life. It's life. It's not easy to do this. That is why so few do it. But oh, wow. Is it amazing when the enemy flees and you're just still before in the presence of God and you hear his voice? You hear his voice. See, prayer is not just a giving of ourselves, but it also needs us to do something. It needs us to still our mind, to get to that point, having got the enemy to flee, but still our mind so we can hear. See, Jesus is right there. But with everything that is going on, this, the, the white noise of life, it's as if it could, he could be a million miles away. But the reality is he's right there waiting. And, and we're not trying to get to that point so that he'll do something. You know, it's not like, oh, I need to go and spend time with God now so that the service will go well. Also, oh, I've got to go and pray for somebody now, so I need to spend some time with God, then I'll be anointed. He doesn't do bargains. He doesn't do deals like that. He wants us to be fully present with him because we want him. We want to know him. We... we we, we want to know him so much that we're actually excited about the possibility that he might tell us something we don't want to know. And he might reveal something to our hearts that he wants to heal or he wants to fix. Or he might just say, hey, we're going to have some fun today. We're going we're, we're gonna to see some things change. You know, we were um, away on a retreat this week and uh, we we met up with some of the guys from Norwich and we met Leslie and Pauline and we were in a little tea shop 
in um, Alt, Alt. And uh, we were very excited. We were talking about Jesus in our little corner with our paninis and cups of tea and things like that. And we were really excited. And uh, we were talking about the sort of things we've been talking about because they'll be online at the moment listening. And, and so we, we were sharing all this. And we were just saying, isn't it amazing how God can just take you by surprise? And then this guy stood up in the middle of the tea shop and walked straight across to our table with his napkin and said, I've got a word for you to Leslie. And I'm like, okay, wow. We're like, I've got a word for you. So let's read it. And it could not have been a more appropriate word for him right now. And it turns out that these guys were believers um, coming from somewhere over near Norwich and who just happened to be in the tea room. And so we started talking about Jesus. There's now six of us talking about Jesus. And, and, and we were sharing some things. And this lady said, and Leslie said to, this, to, to them, what can we pray for you for? And, and she said, oh, well, I've, I've had a lot of back pain. I've had it for a long time. Can you pay for my back? So there we are. We're in the middle of a tea shop in Holt, praying for this lady's back where everybody else is trying to have their cups of tea. And it was wonderful. Why? Because Jesus was there. And when Jesus is there, all the other things fade away. And that's when he does miracles. That's when we see Jesus enjoy himself. Because he enjoys himself. He, he's got a sense of humor. He, he's got a sense of fun. I mean, like he turns up in places that have prim doilies and lovely lace tablecloths and china teacups. And he turns up. And he does what he does. And, and it's this point of getting, you know, just practicing and knowing him. Because when we know him, we talk about him. And we're excited about him. And we don't have that, oh, it's just hard stuff, this. You know, I've got, I've got to do my Bible study. And we don't have that. I can't wait to read my Bible. I can't wait to worship. I can't wait to, to just be with him. I got up this morning, and within five minutes of getting up this morning, I've got the kettle on, I've got my breakfast getting ready, and I'm worshipping along with a, a, just a fantastic worship session. And why am I doing that? Because... I love it because I get to be with him because he turned up in the middle of a mouthful of shreddies. Because he does. Because he likes to be with us. But we have to like to be with him. And we have to want to be with him. Because otherwise we won't get to the other side where he is. We won't get to that place where he is fully present and we are fully present. So we have to, you know that verse, be still and know that I am God. That comes through, let's, 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 are you okay to go there? Go to Psalm 46, if you've got your Bibles. You see, one of the things we, because we're online, we can't at the moment put verses up there and online at the same time, and we don't have that flexibility. Um, so we're looking at how we get that balance. So, 
Here's a good thing. You need your Bibles. So if, if you've got your Bible or your phone with your Bible on it, Roger Bostock, just go to Yeah, go with me to Psalm 46. This is the psalm that has in it, be still and know that I am God. Here's what it says. I'll, I'll read it and then we'll see what the Holy Spirit wants to say. God is your refuge and strength. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and swell, there is a river whose streams will make glad the city of our God. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. So she will not be moved. God will help her just at the break of dawn. The nations rage, the kingdoms move. But God utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two, and he burns the chariot in fire. So be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. You see, there's always stuff going on around us, isn't there? And it, you know, this morning I just felt like this is breaking God's heart. Because we're so caught up in it. When he just wants to be with us. We're so caught up in all this stuff. And we haven't any answers for it. We're kind of floundering around. And we have no answers. And yet he says, but I'm the answer. And I'm going like, so you, are you going to fix it all, God? Are you going to fix it all, Jesus? Just take it away. No. I'm your refuge and your strength. So don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. You have no answer except 
to come to me. You know, we, we are living in a time when he's calling us to himself. We, we can't do this without him. We, we can't live this without him. God is our refuge and strength. He's the refuge. He's our strength. It's God who is those things, not us and not anybody else. God is our refuge and strength. There isn't a substitute that works. He is a very present help in times of trouble. I've got a little note in my Bible. I must have looked at it. says, literally, that word ever present means literally, always to be found, waiting to help when he is sought. He is a resting place that can be attained. It's not automatic. You know, there, there is kind of a, a way of thinking that, that you see some people have and they, they know these things and they believe them to be true. And so they think, because I believe them to be true, and because I know them, if I affirm them, then they'll happen. It's almost like saying, it's kind of a circular thinking, you know. If I, if I say that Jesus is my righteousness, then I'm automatically perfect. No. It doesn't work like that. These are things that the Holy Spirit works in us to attain. And so this, this ever-present help, which is always available, is a place that we need to go to, but the enemy in this world will not want us to be there. But more to the point, our own flesh will not want us to be there because our own flesh wants to rely on itself. But we can't do what God can do. Therefore, we will not fear. So how do you not fear? In a world of fear, how do you not fear? I don't know. I've not seen any good news out there that's been broadcast or on the internet or anything. It's just like, you, guys, we have to go make our own good news. We, are, we, we have to be so clothed in his presence that we make our own good news. So how do you not fear? 
You cannot not fear without being connected intimately to him. It, it's, an, it's an impossibility. Just saying, I won't fear because God's told me not to fear, doesn't make it a possibility. It makes it a statement. The only way we cannot be fearful is to connect fully to Jesus and trust fully in him and give ourselves fully to him. Because only in the place of his presence will his love fully envelop you. And it is that perfected love that casts out fear. When you are in the presence of Jesus, there is no fear. There is only Jesus. And, it, and it's kind of, we need to know that. Um, but not only know that, we need to be people who will continue steadfastly pursuing that till we find it. Because this fear is wearing us down. And it's not giving us the answers. Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, so its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of our God the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. How do you find him? How do we find Jesus? There is a river that runs through the city of our God that makes it glad. The Holy Spirit is the one who takes us to Jesus. That's, that's his role. That's what he's here for. The, the Holy Spirit doesn't come to glorify himself. He comes to glorify Jesus and to introduce us to Jesus. And, and that river makes us glad because it takes us to Jesus. It takes us to the city of our God. Where, where these things that are going on around us and these things we're hearing melt away. There's no sickness in the presence of God. There's no fear in the presence of God. There's just Jesus. We, we meet him. So what, how do we get past that to the other side where we encounter Jesus? We pay the price. We've got to pay the price. Now, I'll admit that when people have said that in my past, I didn't like that because I thought it was wrong. I thought it was wrong. Like, if Jesus paid for it all, why do we have to pay the price? That's because... Just like me, people who think like that, their thinking is faulty. And it takes the Holy Spirit to correct it. Jesus has paid the price for the entire new covenant. And he offers us eternal life, which is to know God. 
But he hasn't paid the price of us having a real relationship with God. He's paid the price so there's nothing comes in the way. There's, there's no barrier to access. But he hasn't paid the price of us wanting Jesus enough that we're prepared to resist the devil, let him flee, walk, get past all our fears, get past all our flesh, get past all the stuff that we, we, we're worried we're going to hear if we're in Jesus' presence to get there. So we pay the price. Like, I paid the price for 34 years to have a really great relationship with Cheryl, and she's paid the price to have a really great relationship with me. That's not works, that's relationship. The price of knowing Jesus is time with Jesus. The price is prayer, real prayer. Not, not, not the least, that supplications and requests and all the other stuff. Real prayer is knowing Jesus and hearing his voice. And the price of, of no fear and, and being in the presence of Jesus is prayer. Time. Time, that one thing that gets stolen, time. Time is the battleground. And we have to take it back. We have to do what is necessary to take it back. Even if it means Jesus talking to you when you're eating your shreddies. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. You see, when Jesus is on the scene, when Jesus in the, is in the midst of your focus, when he's in the midst of your vision, when you are wholly given to him, wholly present with him, and he's wholly present with you, the situation has to change to be conformed to Jesus. When he says God's in the midst of her, where, where is he in the midst of you? How does that work? Because this is talking about the heavenly city. But it was at that time also talking about physical city. But where is the temple of God right now? You. So to be in the midst of you, where is that? It means he's there and your thoughts are on him. Your thoughts are on him. That's why he's saying, be still. His thoughts are on him. And then it says, God will help her just at the break of dawn. The Holy Spirit's just said something to me, and I, I don't want to say it because it sounds trite, because we've heard it this before. God is always on time, but it's his time, not ours. And when he comes on the scene, light comes, life comes, the break of dawn in the darkness, so that we shine as lights in the midst of this perverse and corrupt generation. He comes, but it's his time. 
we cannot dictate to God how he's going to move and what he's going to do. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to follow you. He said, you follow me. So we follow him. We follow him. God is in the midst of it. She'll not be moved. God shall help her. Just at the bacon door. The nation's raised. The kingdom, kingdoms are moved. He utters his voice and the earth melts. When everything that the world holds for its security is insecure, God is the secure place. When everything apart from God, this is what it says, when everything apart from God is shaking, get where there's no shaking. Get where there's no shaking. One of the things, I don't know if, if this is for a short period of time, a long period of time, or whatever. But I was quite challenged by the Holy Spirit a couple of weeks ago. Because was, it was bothering me that I'd prepared the series and only got halfway through it. And, and things like this were happening to me on a Sunday morning. And this, I just want to tell you, this is really, really uncomfortable. Because I don't want to say anything that's not him. I don't want to come out with stuff that isn't him. And sometimes I hear stuff and I think, I don't want to say that. Because people might not like that. Or they might not, you know, that. And yet, and other times I'll, I'll say, I don't want to say that. That's too personal. You're asking me to show too much of myself. But I don't want to say something that's not him. So I'm going like, Jesus, I don't what what, what am I gonna do with this series? I, I think you gave me that series. What do you want me to do with it? And he said, Well, think of it this way. We're starting a new series. It'll probably go for about fifteen years. Here's your title, Jesus. So we now have a sermon series called Jesus until the Holy Spirit starts a new one, okay? Um, it might come up slightly different on the website, but it's all Jesus. Why? Because there only is one King, one Saviour, one message, and it's Jesus. Amen. There is nothing else. What, what do we, what we got to talk about apart from Jesus? He's our life. He's, he's our all, he's our strength, he's our refuge, he's our security and when everything is shaken, he's our stronghold in times of fear. What is there apart from Jesus? Everything is going to be taken away. And you know, pe people come and they say to me, well, do you think, Mark, I mean, John asks me this, where, where are we? You know, 
Do you think we're in the end times? Do you think we're in the end times? I don't know what the definition of end times is. I'll tell you what we are. And I'm absolutely convinced of this. We're definitely in the last days because they started when Jesus was resurrected and they finish when he comes back again. So we're in the last days. So that's absolutely certain. But I believe we're in the very last of the last days. And I believe we're in what Jesus called the birth pangs. We're not in the tribulation yet, because that doesn't start till the Antichrist is revealed, and he's not revealed yet. Unless he was on the news this morning, I don't know. But anyway, he's not revealed. So what does that mean? It means that we are faced with a stark choice. It's Jesus or the world. It's flesh or spirit. And there only is one king, one saviour, one message, and that is Jesus. He's the only one who is worth clinging on to and holding on to. And, and giving our passion to and giving our energy to. You see, this, this passage where it says, be still and know I am God, he's saying that to two groups of people. He's saying it to the believers when the world is shaking. And he's saying, you're going to have to be still. You're going to have to still your mind. And I've got to fill your thoughts. And I've, I, I'm inviting you to be fully present with me so I can be fully present with you. So be still. But the word of God is a two-edged sword. So be still. No, Jesus. Enemies, world, flesh. Be still because God is on the scene. Stop. This, this psalm is actually a prophecy of Christ's victory at the end. You see, here's what it says. It says, come and behold the works of the Lord who made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease right to the ends of the earth. No wars right across the earth. He breaks the bow and he cuts the spear in two and he burns the chariot in fire. Be still, enemies. The time is coming when judgment comes. Be still enemies, judgment is coming. This is the last moment you have. Make sure you're the right side of the line. What's the line? Jesus. Jesus. This is what he's talking about. This is what's coming. Whether it comes in my lifetime, it's certainly coming in our children's lifetime. I think it's more and more certain it's coming in my lifetime. Which is good. Because then I get to do that Joining with him in the sky. 
Joel says I have to hold her hand as we're going up. She doesn't like flying. So I have to hold her hand. See, I know we're heading towards Christmas, but Jesus isn't in a manger anymore. It's good to remember why he came, and we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> it's good to remember why he came. But it's also important that we know who he is. You see, when the Holy Spirit, when we're in, in that place, the Holy Spirit will talk to us about Jesus. This is the Jesus he will show us. This is why there is no fear. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty thunder, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. That's, that's what troubles me right now. I don't want any of us not to be ready. It's a spotless bride. A bride who has made herself ready. I don't want to be one who's found not ready. I don't want to be one that Jesus says, you never knew me and I never knew you. We had no time together. There was no romance. We didn't journey into each other's hearts. I don't want that. I don't want that for, like, it weighs heavy on me as a pastor. I don't want that. I, I, I don't want that for anybody because I care so much. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife has made herself ready. In that, that place with Jesus, he's going to woo your heart. He's going to melt your heart. That's why it's so important we do this now. To her it is granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is what? The righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true saints of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said, See that you don't do that because I'm a fellow servant. In other words, it's an angel speaking. I'm not God, don't worship him. There is only one who is worthy of your worship, and it's Jesus. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship him for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now he is Jesus. And then I saw heaven opened. Why? Because I'm now worshipping him. I'm worshipping him. I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. 
And in righteousness, he judges and makes wars. This is what that psalm's about. His eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that was no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is the word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the almighty God. Don't let anybody sell you that old story that there is no judgment for those who don't know him. And he has on his robe and on his side a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God. Because you're going to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. No matter how powerful, how mighty, how rich, how influential, how blanket coverage on social media somebody is, if they don't know Jesus, this is their end. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured. And with him, the false prophet who worked signs in his presence. Everything falls. Does it not strike how easy that is for Jesus? Oh, the Antichrist, Satan, the false prophet, they're just captured. Why? Because Jesus has come. By which those deceived, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image, they were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. The rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And just as he said, all the birds ate their flesh. We don't like passages like that. And for years... We've tried to explain them away and make them all spiritual and like they're never going to happen to anybody. Do you really believe that? That might be nice, but it's not just. And God is a God of justice. He invites everybody into his presence right now. All they've got to do is give themselves to him. That's it. You're not on that field. You're not numbered with those people. He can't say things that the word doesn't say. There is no anointing on things that the word doesn't say. There is no Holy Spirit 
on things that the word doesn't say because he spoke that word in the first place. And that's why it can be so hard when we go and beat about the bush. But let's come back to where we were, knowing Jesus. That's where we are. We're not there. We, we, we're with the white horse. We're okay. Knowing Jesus. That is our refuge. And, and we can run and we can think, well, I'll just get on with my life and I'll just get on with my life and, and I'll, I'll get, get on with it and I'll just sort this and I'll just sort that and I'll soldier through and, it, and none of it matters and we'll be all all right in the end. But you've got the greatest offer in the universe to know Jesus. And there's nothing else worth it. So we at the end, things are not going to get better. We thought they were getting better till two days ago. Now they got worse again. Why? Because the enemy learns by his successes. And he's running out of time. But it doesn't matter. Because God is our refuge. God is our strength. His perfect love casts out fear. We run to him. We run into him. We get to know him because we will soon see him. Amen. Let's stand. Jesus, I thank you. You know, if you're here right now and you're not sure whether you've ever given your life to Jesus in that way, whether you've ever committed that your life to him, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to do it. He's inviting you to come get to know him. So if that's you, either because you're here or because you're watching online, I want you to say this prayer with me. This prayer will invite him because you're going to give yourself to him and then you can start a relationship so Jesus if you're the one I'm talking to you need to just say this so Jesus actually let's all say it so Jesus I come to you now as saviour I confess that I've done wrong things. That you have not been number one in my life. I haven't loved you with all my strength. All my mind and all my soul. And therefore I've fallen short of what you asked me to do.
So I ask you to forgive me. And I'm choosing to give myself fully to you as King and Lord of my life. I want to know you. And I ask you to give me new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you prayed that online, we want to know. You need to either Facebook messages or email us. If you paid that here, you need to tell somebody right now. Tell the person you came with, tell somebody who's near, and then we'll help you take the next steps into that relationship. And Father, for us here, we celebrate that you sent your son to save us. But that you also invited us into relationship with you that starts here and now. Lord, help us to get our eyes on you. Get our eyes on you. Praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to thank him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you. Thank you that you chose to rescue us, to redeem us, to buy us back. When we didn't even want you, we thank you for that, Jesus. But, oh, Jesus, we are so excited that we get to be with you. We are so excited that we get to come into your presence, to know you. Help us not to take that lightly, Lord, or to, to give up at the first hurdle, but to keep going deeper and deeper to where you are fully present with us and we are fully present with you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's just give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to you. Glory to you. It's uh, the last couple of days for our Christmas offering. I know Christmas is still a few weeks ago, but we need to get this to... Bulgaria so um, if you want to give and haven't given yet you can either do it online uh, by bank transfer or you can put it in the offering There's the, the baskets as you go out just write Bulgaria on the envelope and put it in there the two baskets and there's envelopes and pens there and, and then we can get it out to, to bless those kids out in Bulgaria um, and thanks to all those who've already given um, I, I don't know yet. I've I've seen envelopes in there, and so yeah, there's that, and I, I've seen some stuff, but I won't know till the bank statement comes, like exactly how much we've got, which is why we put this like month end deadline, so that I can actually do the transfer uh, and get that to them in good time, so that they can actually use the funds to get the stuff for the kids, so they get it for Christmas. 
And uh, so, yeah, have a great week. Be blessed. Pardon? Tithes and offerings. Oh, yeah, tithes and offerings coming up online. That's, that's, that's your transfer details, etc., etc. Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Yeah, have a great week. But here's the thing. Time is your enemy in this. But time with Jesus is your friend. Find that time. Amen.